Welcome to Conversations with Soul, a podcast with the intention to bring you back home to yourself. These Heart to Hearts are hosted by Miri and Liz, the co-owners of Soul Cleanse, a holistic health offering specializing in organic juice and whole food cleanse programs, plus so much more. With our guests, we will be diving into conversations about holistic health, spirituality, emotions, relationships, sustainability, plus other juicy topics that light us up. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Soul. My name is Miriam and I'm one of the co-owners of Soul Cleanse. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I can't wait to share with you this juicy conversation with Kerry Krieger, diving deep into the rarely discussed but experienced by all women topic of perimenopause. Do you even know what that is? And did you know that it starts from age 35? I didn't until really recently, which is shocking as it's such an important phase in a woman's life. And knowing more about it and really embodying and harnessing the energies of this phase can bring such delight, whereas not knowing about it could potentially bring despair. We invited Kerry to join us in this conversation. She's such a wealth of knowledge on this topic. You're going to love hearing her talk on it. Kerry's a modern day mystic, fusing her passion for spirituality with the ancient remedies of Chinese medicine and acupuncture to guide women in coming home to themselves, which is of course perfectly aligned with the intentions of this podcast. Kerry has had 20 plus years of experience as a doctor of Chinese medicine and she has a passion for supporting women through the transition of middle midlife. Offering acupuncture, cosmetic acupuncture and lifestyle medicine, Kerry guides women transitioning through perimenopause and menopause to recover their sense of self and manage their symptoms with evidence-based treatments and her signature dry humour, which you'll get to experience in this episode. In this podcast, we talk about the season of perimenopause, what it is from a Chinese and Western perspective, what to expect, and how can you deeply care for yourself during this phase, how perimenopause might impact weight gain, brain fog, energy levels, our ability to deal with sugar and less than optimum foods, and the role stress plays in all this. We talk about the opportunity that perimenopause provides us. Believe me, there are some really great gifts if we choose to receive them. We discuss how the flow of energy changes during the season from a Chinese medicine perspective and how this impacts us. We talk about who the enchantress is and how we can harness her as an archetype and how we can remain sexy, vital, feminine and luscious through perimenopause and beyond. Plus, Carrie shares a funny and intimate story that you really need to know about. Continue listening for all the juicy goodness. All right, well, welcome to Conversations with Soul. I'm really excited to have a very special guest with us today, Kerry. And Kerry is going to talk with us about an amazing topic that we all need to be enlightened about that we don't really know anything about. And as women, we really, really need to. So I just cannot wait to dive in this conversation, which we're going to go deep around all things perimenopause. Thank American season of our life. So welcome, Kerry. Thanks, Mary. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be having these kind of conversations. So yeah, I'm really grateful to be here. Awesome. So before we dive in, I'm going to start with a question that we ask everybody, which is, mm-hmm. what do you do regularly that brings you home to yourself? Mm, my sunrise beach walk, usually in winter, because sunrise in summer is 
at stupid o'clock um yes. but yeah getting out in nature and seeing the sunrise and being on the beach is is definitely something that always anchors me back in myself and at the risk of it being a cliche um yoga is is a, mm. is a really beautiful practice um in all of its many many forms that yeah. even if it's just a five minutes of breathing or sitting or one particular posture it just yeah mm. reminds me to live in my own body Lovely. I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and your journey and has brought you to be really passionate about this topic. I know you've got a really <coughs> interesting and deep history in health and wellness, so I'd love if you could share a little bit just to give us some context. I have been practicing acupuncture for a good 20 or so years, working in health retreats, um, working in coaching, working as a clinical practicing person and for the last good 15 or so really most of my clients have been stressed out busy mums corporate women wearing all of the very many hats and over and above treating symptomologies and treating things that are wrong um, what I really really love is treating humans in their mm. you know all of their beautiful facets and helping women to really come home to themselves mm. as as broad a term as that sounds whether that's within their health journey whether that's within their personal lives whether that's in their kind of business world to really invite them to come back home to themselves and to be nourished by their own internal knowledge um, mm. which we all have we just often need a little bit of help or guidance in finding and hearing and seeing that Mm. and what about um coming <laughs> to really specialize in the perimenopause kind yeah. of conversation um it it again you know stemmed from my own curiosity I'm 47 in a couple of weeks time and I can recall sitting with girlfriends at 42 pondering when this menopause thing was going to happen to me mm. or whether I, I sort of looking outside of myself even with all of my own you know skill sets I was like looking out there into the world thinking when is this menopause thing gonna jump out from behind a corner <laughs> and I'm going to find it or experience it or have it or something mm. and then um I was reading uh some really uh, quite old Chinese health textbooks actually and it started to talk about these cycles of seven which I'd heard about and read about but it, it was really deeply talking about and going into and these are like textbooks that are 2,000 years old mm -hmm. going into the cycles um, for us that happen from 35 onwards and this kind of mm -hmm cycle that happens prior to actually being in menopause and how we can support ourselves and the different very subtle symptoms that we might be feeling and experiencing and I was like ah that makes so much more sense than this bomb being thrown at us from the corner yeah. of a room somewhere which is generally socially what I'd heard about you know you just wake up one day and you feel horrible or you wake up one yeah. day and your life you hate your life or you hate your body or something you know and mm. I thought the um, body is is very very clever our natural seasons and cycles generally speaking don't just happen overnight they happen over mm. time what can yeah. we do to kind of get to know that mm. yeah because for me obviously everyone knows about menopause and culturally it sort of 
seems like it's really the the end of the road, you know, mm. it's like a terrible thing that yeah, this, this old lady. Mm. And, and I'd heard, you know, I think one friend years ago sort of mentioned that she was perimenopausal and I was like, what? And, it, uh, <laughs> and, you know, she was a little bit older than me, but I was, you know, I was kind of, yeah, oh, my God. And then um, my, so my cycle has started coming it has shortened in mm. the last year or so, and I'm I'm almost forty. And one of my friends said to me, "Oh, you know, maybe you're perimenopausal." And I was like, "Not, yeah, like, like how was, dare you?" Yeah, <laughs> and I was, I was almost in shocked about it. And yeah, and then and then that like everything when you have one little little bit of information, and all of a sudden you're aware to it, and then you know more conversations come up, and so yeah. That's, mm. I guess for me personally, I guess I've tried to not, I, I don't know that much about it. And I, in a way I've tried not to look into it too much so I can stay fresh and curious yes. with this conversation with you. Oh, wow. Um, so I did, what I did do though was um, look in your Instagram feed a little bit and just yeah. get, get a feel of you and be like, oh, what, what what questions do you ask about perimenopause? You know, what what is this thing? Mm. And just... I guess just as a little point, I just wanted to say in the beginning that I loved so much that um, a quote that you said was perimenopause is not a pathology or something to be feared, but instead a doorway of opportunity to reassess your health needs, both both physical, emotional and spiritual. And I suppose I wanted to just highlight that the place that we want to share from as opposed today to know to uncover these things. And as I just, as I looked through your Instagram feed, I've, felt more and more reassured and, and safe yeah. about this next phase and I really want people to I'm my, my intention for this conversation is for people just to feel a bit more educated and yeah. hopefully excited about and it's funny because you know when you say it starts at 35 like that's really young that's really you know, young not in the phase that you'd even be thinking about preparing mm. for menopause so yeah I just think this is a really really important topic to be sharing with well, let's take that shock out of it and the disgust and the like. Yeah, well, and this kind of you've you've fallen off a cliff. You know, it's mm. the end of the road. You're dry. You're not sexy. You're not beautiful. You're not useful. Mm. Um, I don't know that our culture has a really a, a great deal of honouring in the, our process of aging. It's just sort of yeah. you have to kind of try and avoid it at all cost until it's you know totally you know. Yeah, there. Inevitable. <laughs> inevitable, exactly. So maybe we could start just if you could describe to us perimenopause and yeah. you know what we might expect, what are some symptoms, what's actually happening to us. Yeah, I don't claim to be the creator of the word or the owner of the word, and um, but like you have said, my intention for talking about it the way that I am is to offer a opportunity like you say, it's it's not just about all of the symptoms. And in some of the, the um, discussions that I am hearing, and all discussions are wonderful and helpful, the more we're able to chat with our friends and our colleagues and our sisters around what we're experiencing, because it's going to be different for every woman. Mm. That's super helpful. But I'm hearing a lot of, oh, I um, reached Perry when I got to 42 and I started to get hot flushes. Or I reached Perry Mm. at 39 when I was experiencing XYZ. And it I I personally would love for it to be separate from that 
that that experience of symptomology Mm. and more to be looked at as a season and that if we are at 35 just gently aware in the back of our brains that Mm. the choices that we make and the way that we care for ourselves and any subtle changes in our cycle um, Mm. in the way that we deal with stress in our mood you know any other sort of bits of you know any other health things that we're experiencing, we can care for ourselves across that timeline. Um, And I know a lot of women that I'm treating who um, haven't had their children yet at 35, you you get this kind of geriatric pregnancy diagnosis. If you want to have babies after, it's dreadful. And it's it's linked in with, uh, from my uh, point of view, from a Chinese health perspective, from these beautiful texts that talk about these years of seven cycles, it actually refers to the ageing process kicking off at the age of 35. But again, it's not a cliff that you fall off and you plummet mm. to your doom and you've got no eggs left and it's the end of the world. Mm. It's a really subtle transition that may, depending on your health, depending on your genes, depending on the way that you take care of yourself, depending on your stress levels, all of these things can begin to feed into transition and change that's occurring that you might not really notice until your cycle starts to shorten at 40 mm. or until, you know, years later you begin to feel hotter or other things occur. Mm. So in terms of you know, my case was the cycle shortening mm. and someone else mentioned to me that sometimes the cycle can shorten because you don't have something some to produce if you're stressed. <clears throat> yes. But then I, I saw a a post again that you did that <laughs> mentioned your progesterone levels. So is that linked as well, the, the hormonal yeah, picture? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, again, it, it will be subtly different depending on what's going on for you. But classically, if you go from the um, generally accepted normal cycle of 28 days to like a 21-day cycle, it is not ideal for a lot of different reasons and we would be looking at your progesterone levels and whether you're actually ovulating and how you're able to clear estrogen even for example there could be other Mm. things going on stress is definitely part of it um, because cortisol will bump those other chemicals out of the way and Mm. override whatever's going on for you but, yeah, that, that's definitely a very common picture. Mm. So, for example, for me, if my, my cycle has shortened to more like 21 days and I mm. have been having. So are you saying with some support in my, like my even if I'm perimenopausal, my cycle can go back 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, yeah. And it would be really helpful for you mm. to sort of get some um, some treatment of some description obviously I'm an acupuncturist mm. so I'm going to suggest yes. acupuncture or herbs <laughs> or even just a really gen- a general blood test and have a look at levels and support that with yeah. supplementation but, that would be pertinent for you. So as I as perimenopause progresses though would mm. you expect that cycle to shorten yeah. or not you're supporting yourself? <clears throat> um, it can shorten and it can the time between cycles can lengthen so if you aren't ovulating um, which is where we produce the majority of our progesterone, mm. then, yeah, you, we can definitely see that cycle shorten. At 40, I would suggest that with 
stress support and other nutritional support was right for you, mm. um, that we could see that bounce back. If you were mm. 48 or 49, then that's another story altogether. Yeah. So then at that later age, then would you maybe expect the opposite, <clears throat> that, 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 that the, your menstrual cycle would be longer and then... Longer, um, yeah, longer uh, stages in between. Again, there can be so many different things going on. So a lot of women do experience really heavy cycles and that's to do with estrogen generally speaking. Again, there's other um, variations. Everybody's health picture is is their own. But, again, that's not just because it's common doesn't mean it's natural or to be expected or that you just go, oh, well, that's yeah. it. I just, you know, it's all too bad. Yeah. Never mind. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So if people are listening to this and they're wondering if they have perimenopausal symptoms or not, what mm. kind of things or subtle changes might they expect to see? Yeah. I mean, classically, from that age of 35, even if you're still trying to have your children or just live a healthy, rich, fertile life, you know we don't get away with the types of poor diet choices that we might have gotten away with in our 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our ability to regulate and deal with our sugars really, really changes. So the endocrine system is a fun little, I call it a board meeting between our ovaries, adrenals, thyroid, pituitary, all of those little guys get together. Mm-hmm. Our Uh, liver pops in every now and again to this board meeting to check that everything's happening correctly. So the way that our pancreas deals with our blood sugar and things like that, Mm. we we just can't, generally speaking, we can't get away with crappy food choices um, Mm. in the long term that we used to. So we we can find ourselves putting on weight and thinking, Mm. oh, well, I've always eaten this way. I should be able to. No, actually, we have to be a little bit more careful and onto it um heading into our 40s you know that common brain fog and things like that Mm. starts to happen or it can happen you know and again it's that endocrine board meeting the um part of our brain that regulates temperature also regulates our mood we just don't have the bandwidth it doesn't mean we're broken it doesn't mean that's it our brain's dead we've done this incredible job for 20 years and now we just go and sit in a rocking chair we just need to give ourselves a little bit extra care um Mm -hmm. we we and again because of that same system shows up with how we deal with stress so again there's that just shortening of that bandwidth which is pretty unfair because it's at a time in our lives generally speaking when you've either got teenage kids or maybe you've just had your children and they're still tiny um Mm. you know aging parents changes in career all of these big things happening and we just you know it's so important to understand that we can get through this but we 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 can't get through it at the same speed potentially Mm. if we've had those very very high-paced lifestyles previously it's a season of extra tlc it doesn't mean that Mm. you're suddenly soft and you're being put out to pasture yeah um yeah so there's a lot of these things and then if you've been in perfect health and been able to flog yourself and go hard and eat whatever it can come as a real shock you're like Mm. what the hell's happened to me Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can definitely, yeah, connect with that. I think for me, especially the um, 
the sugar piece, like I really, really notice it. If I eat mm. something too sweet in my, in my brain, I can feel like yeah. foggy. It just or even even mood, my mood gets affected. Like mm. I feel a little bit depressed, and mm. yeah, and, and it feels different. She feels so it's like I can feel this tangible shift in my mood. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I didn't realize that that was potentially linked to to that. Yeah, and like, you know, it does feel a little bit unfair, but <laughs> I do also love the opportunity to you know to take this seriously and and really take <clears throat> the opportunity to reflect and. Yeah. I can see how by doing that you could really find yourself heading in a more aligned path yeah. in your life, you know, to be like, okay, well, you know, I can't continue like this. Like opportunity, you know, that when people talk about the feather or the, what is it, the feather or the brick or the, or the train. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess. I mean, this conversation here, this conversation for some people, hopefully that that's the feather. I feel like. Yeah. Brick, but yeah. I hope and I stop at the brick and change. <laughs> to the train. Comes. Most of us wait for the brick, let's be honest. We're like, no, nah, no, well, I think that was a feather, but I can't quite be sure. Thunk. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Brene Brown has, um, she wrote about midlife a couple of years back and she's got this sort of beautiful big um, quote that's quite potentially famous now that, you know, midlife is that that time where your soul comes in and knocks. I'm just going to like <laughs> brutalise the quote. You can yes. definitely look it up and read it properly. But your soul comes in and just says, yeah, right. So all of this stuff that we've been doing, like life is short. We need to just crack on with what's really genuinely mm. real and important and aligned. Mm. And all anything that isn't really true to us or right for us is going to get swept out with this new mm. seasonal change. Mm, I love that. Um, I'd also be really curious, speaking of the sort of more of the energetic sort of perspective, mm. I'd love to hear from the um, Chinese medicine perspective. I saw something about the, the way the energy changes between the heart and the womb. Yeah. So in Chinese medicine, there's a channel or there's a few, but um, channel that runs from the, the the heart and the chest down to the womb and the pelvis. So even if you have had surgery and, and you know, that channel still exists between your pelvic center and your, your heart. And if throughout our childbearing years, it's said that the energy that is created in the heart that overflows and then spills into the pelvis and the womb and so that's where the sort of energy comes to um, create children and also to create everything else in our life but it's it's there to create that menstrual cycle as well and then from the age of 35 again not just Mm -hmm. you know all in one fell swoop but the transition begins to occur and you really do feel this um sort of from your 40s or mid 40s onwards the channel then instead of going from the chest down to the pelvis goes from the womb back up to your heart Mm. um so on one one not so fun expression that's where we start to get those heat rising symptoms Mm. or we're feeling hotter or um, those sorts of things but the energetic principle behind it is that your life role or the purpose in your life is no longer about tending to your family and your children I mean obviously you still love them and they're still there you don't suddenly don't care about people but it's actually more about serving your own heart's needs and your own heart's purpose and having the energy to really heal you know things that need to be healed from your own life's heart's experience and 
you know, I think it's that classic women over 50 who who have suddenly found their, their new thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we do, I'm trying to think of an example, but I know that we'd all have somebody in our life or we've seen somebody um, who's famous potentially who gets to this age and then just creates this new passion and is able to give back to uh, a, a cause that they hold dear or, um, you know, become an artist or, you know, have these own, their, their own creative passions. Mm. Um, and I'd say it's something that, again, our culture, but certainly, you know, my general experience as women, we have a hard time giving back to ourselves. We have a hard mm. time actually receiving our own love and tenderness. And so this transition is an opportunity to really do that. Mm, I love that. That feels very, very positive. Mm, yeah. I mean, in amongst all of the rest of it, right? Something's yes. got to be <laughs> going our way. I love that. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. But before we do, I just, there's a couple more questions I wanted to mm-hmm, touch on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just around, you know, how I mentioned that once perimenopause sort of dropped into reality, I had another conversation with a friend and actually heard it from a couple of different people talking about how the way that you do um, perimenopause is the way you do menopause. Look, I think... Would you agree with that? Could you explain that? Oh, look, I think it's an opportunity. Like I was saying um, at the start, like what I had only ever heard of is just stories of one day I woke up at 52 and my life was over and I didn't want to have sex anymore and I hated everybody and I was hot and miserable and fat and that was the end of the things. And I was just mm. like, okay. <laughs> I reckon there might have been something that occurred at some point before that moment. Yes. You know, that maybe we need to just, you know, pay attention and care mm. to, that you don't reach that point literally overnight. Mm. And so I hope, I mean, I'm only 47, so I don't know. I'll let you know on the other side. Um, <laughs> um uh, but my intention with having these conversations, my intention with the kind of care I'm offering myself and suggesting to clients is that it doesn't have to be that smackdown wall brick train mm. moment. That if you've got an, a gentle idea of it and that you're beginning to put things in place, whether that's taking care of your diet a bit more, whether Mm. that's maybe taking some supplementation or herbs if it's advised, whether it's getting some acupuncture treatment, whether it's making sure you've got a gentle weights, you know, uh, training in your lifestyle. You know, there's there's so many small Mm. personalised things that you can bring in Mm. that I, I think you know, I'm not going to gaslight women who have had horrendous experiences because that's very real. And I believe that we there's elements that we do have control over and it doesn't have to be as horrible as it could be if we just ignored our own needs yeah. for the 10 years previous. Yeah, I can really imagine like for, for you know, for mothers and women in corporate and women have just mm-hmm. busy, stressful lives and if they continue right up, you know, just continue, continue pushing, 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 mm. I can really imagine that those, especially having this bones really, really present mm. in the picture, I can imagine how that would lead to a more of a shock, or, you know, abrupt kind of intense yeah. experience. 
And if you've got, you know, it does depend also on what your current and previous health history is. So if you've got a really long history of PCOS and endo and, you you know, they're only just managed and you're still really, you know, you've, you've got some hard things happening, then you're going to need extra help as well, yeah. you know. Yeah. But if your cycle's kind of okay and you're doing all right and you're managing your stress, well, then my God, you're a unicorn for a start. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess that back to what we've been talking about around mm. the really negative connotations about menopause mm. and just that sort of yucky feeling, oh, God, and, and being afraid of it and being old and attractive. And I guess I wanted to ask a question about how, as a society, we can embrace this phase of our lives and first thing that came to my mind was the maiden crone archetype and then I was like mm. well, a minute I feel like there's something missing and Same, then I started right? across your post about the forgotten omitted archetype of the enchantress and I saw yeah. something else after I'd seen yours I saw something else which I think they call them the wisdom keeper or something like that but yeah. I, I like the enchantress kind of yeah she doesn't she wonderful. sound cool yes and um and I guess on that it sort of like awakens that possibility to still be sexy and still be yes. attractive and still be, you know, desired and and mm. be desiring and mm. yeah. So I was hoping you might talk about her yeah and, and no, your experience of being her perhaps because oh I was God. I was thinking about you in this picture you know and I'm like you're totally not a crone yet you know I know I, can't, I know I can't say that so the enchantress I, I was like mm. yeah and. And, you know, I mean, again, I'm not an expert on archetypes and I think it's up to us to get curious about our own internal archetype story and, and you know, who she might be at any given point in time that's, you know, as in like the she that's you that wants to come through, right? Um, but the Enchantress, you know, I've worked with that kind of maiden mother crone model for a really long time back in my 20s being a little mm. hippie wicker yeah. chick <laughs> um and again there was just this massive leap like you're a mother and then I don't know what happens in the middle like you're a crone right. at 80 or 70 or something right mm. um what the hell happens so now that I was in that age I was like oh come on like there's got to mm. be another and again yeah like you're saying I've you know, found or read about or just looked into that, that that enchantress. And I think as someone who doesn't have children, I think there's a lot of in pop culture, you've you've got a lot of that that fun auntie. So she's definitely mm. the enchantress. She's able to travel when she wants. She's taking mm. care of her fairy godchildren when she wants. She's taking her lover when she wants. You know, she's kind of got it all going on. And that's a really fun image and archetype to play with but again and I'm sure you've had this conversation with some of your other podcast uh, guests who we were talking about before we started but marrying that mother role with still being sexy and vital and feminine and luscious and all of those Mm. whatever kind of words you you want to um mix in because again you don't just fall off a cliff you you aren't just one part of that spectrum and yeah I mean I think in that in that piece that I wrote that you're referring to you know like what if you could be in your 40s and you know, having children leaving home or having kids that were mm. in, in their late teens or mid-teens or even tiny children, mm. 
and still feeling that mm. wisdom that comes with having lived for that long, mm. sharing that in whatever way, mm. um, but also mm. being in touch with that deeply mm. luscious sensual, which doesn't always mean sexual, mm. that sensuality. I think the Enchantress has a lot of energy for that. Yeah. I guess I love as well being a mother of a seven, nearly eight-year-old. <clears throat> The you know when they they are tiny it's this really intense mm. you know attachment and you know your body's being touched by them in that kind mm. of way and you don't mm. have much personal space and so I love the idea of transitioning from that kind of really intense mothering phase to you know take back a little bit and, and you know they can spend more time by themselves not literally by themselves but you know yeah. in their own sort of space and <laughs> you know and playing with friends and mm. and so on and and having you know, that a little bit more space to discover yourself again as yeah. a woman on the other side of, of motherhood. And, um, you know, for me, because, you know, have being divorced and so then sort of refinding myself as a woman outside yeah. of my marriage after having a child. And, you know, that, that's been quite a, quite a fun process for me. And I would really love for women to be able to find that within their marriage, you know, to yeah. sort of reignite that feeling of who they are as a woman mm. and with their partner, yeah, you know, as as the enchantress. I love that. I, I think it's it's potent, and it doesn't. I think. And again, I talk about our culture, like it's this thing. I'm not even really sure at this point what I'm referring to because I live in a beautiful, um, beautiful space where a lot of people think like mm. we're talking, but. Uh, you know, if you're watching television or mainstream shows or whatever, there's this sense that that having sensuality and sexuality and a type of vi vitality is quite selfish, um, where the mm. opposite is absolutely true, where if a woman can come from this fed, nourished, beautiful on her own terms way, that it mm. nourishes her family, it models to her children what that looks like um mm. it it actually nourishes her partner in a way that I think men are really craving and don't know Absolutely. exist in a lot of ways and yeah like I mean as a woman in her late 40s you know I'm personally enjoying more of that in my life than I ever mm. did when I was youthful and perky and tiny yeah. and all of the things which I, is a I real the same way at 40 which <laughs> is so it's such a, a beautiful shock almost to me, you know, because yeah. I, I definitely had a um, a kind of uh, season of grieving what I thought was that, well, that's just all the end of that, you know. Mm. And then to find there's actually this flowering, blooming that happens on yeah. the other side of all of that bountiful youthfulness is pretty yes. cool. And I love that 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 really embodied feminine energy when that vitality, you know, that kind of transcends that youth, the, the desire for the youthful appearance, mm. you know, all of a sudden wrinkles go unnoticed and there's a glow yes. and a twinkling yeah. in the eye and, yeah. you know, this knowing of yourself that, you, you know, even if you do have a little bit of extra chub on your belly, <laughs> <Padding. or laughs> extra, extra lumps on your butt, yeah, yeah, that knowing yourself and being in your body and being really present mm. sends that 
that need for the and that's beautiful to see I mean it's stunning to watch and witness and to be in the presence of somebody like that regardless of how technically beautiful absolutely they might be it's a it's it's a felt sense that's experienced by the people around them which is a real Mm -hmm. um, real gift yeah. yeah, amazing. I um, feel like we could talk we about just, that for ages. <laughs> uh, yes, we could, we could practice it ourselves. Um, yes. And I, I guess just on, on this the topic of sexuality and libido mm. and what happens during perimenopause and also menopause, I know mm. that there's a lot of people that think that all of a sudden you don't you, you lose your libido and that you, mm. you dry up and, and you yeah. know, it doesn't really work so well. But, yeah, you know, I've done a few... <clears throat> courses with um coaches and, mm. and sexuality people that sort of talk about how that doesn't have to be the case so yeah I'd love to hear your, oh. your take on that yeah um look I've got a really funny story that I have written about so I won't it's you know quite long in the way that I tell my stories but um a really funny dry vagina story um, I love a dry vagina story. I'll dry vagina story and it, it's 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 one of those things where it's like I did pause a minute and was like, okay, Kerry, so are you just telling this because it's like a really – but, I mean, we kind of have to have this conversation. So the first – my first port of call was to, like, text my, like, um, best friends on, on our thread and go, you're never going to guess what's happened to me. Um, and it is something. So we can add that to the symptomology. So I've since mm. done the like call around to my girlfriends of a similar age going, right, are you getting hot flushes and you've got a dry vagina and you've got uh, <laughs> uh, no hair and everyone's got a different thing going on. How does that affect sexuality? Mm. It's it's actually encouraged and I can only imagine that in some cases this would not be the case, but it's encouraged deeper con- it's an much deeper connection, playfulness, because you 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 have to, and also you know getting the creams and lotions and lube. Like if you want to get down to it, you know. Um, and also the funny story about the dry vagina is that in my head again we've got we, we hear these things, and you think oh that's what that'll be like, um, and you hear the word dry and you think paper right? You think a dry thing. <laughs> but if I'm here to tell you right now, I'm not sure whether you wanted this for your podcast, but here we Absolutely, are. Absolutely, always. <laughs> <laughs> your vagina isn't actually dry when you have dry vagina. It's like you've got sun sunburn on your vagina. Okay. There we go, fun time, something oh. for everybody to look forward to. Hey. Um, <laughs> See, but people don't tell you that, right? <laughs> no, but this is the thing. So I'm like, everybody, this is what we got to look forward to. If it feels like your vagina sunburned, it's all good. We've got a cream for that. It's okay. And you just have some really fun conversations with your partner and mm. you slow things down and you get curious about what works and what doesn't work. And mm. you get really good at asking for what you like and, and then you get on with having really good sex still. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, <laughs> the woman that I've listened to, she talks about, you know, that we lose our connection to our vaginas, you know, societally and, and through mm. life and, and that with like yoni, yoni egg work and like yes. coming back into real presence with it. And, and yeah. um, her, her report is, you know, she's post-menopausal and yeah. she's not does not have a vagina so yeah and this is this is a, it's it's been a call for me to to do more of that healing work and to 
uh, reignite my jade egg practice and mm. I've got some new um, herbs to do my steaming practices with mm. and seeing how that works and, yeah. So, I mean, that might not necessarily be like a first <laughs> port of call for everybody. <laughs> Get this posted on your Instagram. <laughs> but I love oh these conversations gosh. because there's so many things that people are experiencing and it's just people don't talk about it, so it's a well, shock. And our mothers, uh, you know, potentially uh, it, it, it was still very much a secret thing that you just kind of mm, gritted your teeth and went with, through. Yeah. Nobody, I don't, and perhaps I was just a self-absorbed teenager, but I don't remember anybody there being any sharing around it or conversations Mm. about it or and even within my friendship circles I don't know the last time we ever talked about our vaginas but we talk about our vaginas a lot now courtesy of this conversation (laughs) (laughs) it's just opening the doorway isn't it by being that awkward person to bring something up and I'm like so if you do someone else has either experienced it or they're really curious about what's going on yeah I'm like so this is what you do it'll be fine yeah, <laughs> I hope everyone's taking notes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll um finish this, and it won't be Kerry's that perimenopause girl. It'll be like she's that dry dry vagina chick. <laughs> awesome, great. Well, it's perfect. I'm glad you said it. So the the other thing I wanted to just go back to you know what we were talking about mm. with the from the perspective of that energy of you know moving to really nourish your heart mm. and I I just would love to have a little conversation around like who we're becoming as women during the season of our life mm. and I, again I saw you mention a post uh, something about developing boundaries and discernment discernment and the <clears> that <throat> I really love that we really stop abandoning abandoning ourselves because that's yeah. such a people-pleasing fawning yeah. response that women tend to do and so this that feels super empowering for me yeah I'd love to hear, hear your take on that yeah absolutely look from the Chinese energetics it's a metal season um and what what does that mean well it it's looking at the all all the different elements that can compose that season from um a TCM perspective and one of those key things is grief you know and we don't tend to really know how to do grief very well or we think that it's this massive loss feeling and, of course, nobody wants to experience that. Mm. But in this season it is about letting go of what no longer serves us and there's an element of grieving in that, even if it's something that we consciously and actively don't want to do or be around or have anymore. But also mm. there's other just like we were talking about with the ageing process, there's a, there's a, there is an element of, of grieving that occurs with that. Um, but like we were also saying, you get to this age and you you do have an awareness that, you know, we aren't mucking around anymore, you know, mm. that life is short and we've probably had some experiences by then where we can really clearly see that and putting up with things that we no longer want to put up with, being in partnerships and friendships and relationships and business relationships that we no longer really lights us up anymore. It's not that we suddenly are tired and worn out and that's the end of that, but there's an awareness that our energy isn't infinite and that Mm -hmm. we have to make choices about what, what we're doing with our time and our energy. And 
we, we can't say yes to any, you know, to everyone all the time. Mm. And that, that, you know, that kind of general saying of women over 40, you know, just have less fucks to give (laughs) is, is a, is a less beautiful way of saying it, but there is that healthy, uh, there's an opportunity for what we would probably call healthy selfishness, but she's just Mm. actually having a really clearly defined boundary and honoring Mm. that. And I think, you know, that, and enchantress archetype she's really good at putting those boundaries in place and it's Mm. self-loving first but also letting people know how she can be accessed I'm happy to help you but here's the time and here's the door and this is what we need to do for that to occur I don't have Mm. that that infinite fountain of of energy just to give and give and give and give and give anymore even if maybe you didn't necessarily have it really in the first place there's just that Mm. that that line that gets drawn and that will often involve grieving letting Mm. go of things letting go of you know what people think of you Mm. I think you mentioned something also about withdrawing and enjoying time by yourself and like for Mm. me I thought it was the COVID effect because and in the last two years prior to that I was very very social and always loved being big groups and being very very socially active and in the last yeah two years or so I've I've just never enjoyed own time or or just being with my partner or just being with my daughter and just yeah just really pulling back from, from mm. social things in fact yeah during that first lockdown when we actually kind of <clears throat> ourselves I had I really thought myself so much and when mm. I reflected back on it I was like why, why? because I was completely the same in my life apart from the fact that I didn't have all these social engagements to mm. to spread myself thin with and yeah since then yeah I've just I've just I guess I just sort of withdrawn a little bit and so when I read that post I was like oh mm. interesting I might not be alone in this no I don't I don't think you are um and it is it is about just nourishing that heart space nourishing that heart space and um, I was talking with a client earlier in the week and you know talking and she was saying something similar that I just need all this time alone to work out what I'm doing and I used to be able to just make make choices and decisions on the go really fast and I kind of likened it to us in this season depending on what's going on where we're at in it we're in this transit lounge, you know, mm. and we're not really quite sure where we're going yet. We've got to make our decisions. We've got to get everything right. We've got to, you know, um, plan um, on some level or feel into and intuit what we need. And that that does require a little more stillness and a little more quiet, um, which doesn't mean, again, that we just vanish. But the enchantress, she's a, you know, mystery. Is she going to turn up? I don't know, you know. <laughs> I love that again though it's just that really coming into yourself and being okay with who you are and for me some of my reaching outwards was I guess validation that I was okay and I was liked and I needed other people's confirmation Mm -hmm. whereas I suppose as you 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 know moving along you're like I'm okay by myself yeah no I can enjoy my own company I don't need anyone else to validate that I'm okay or you know good enough anything yeah, no, I can really relate to that. And I know lots of people that, that would too. It's you, you're really home in yourself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's funny, funny as you grow older and 
discovering all these things that people sort of talk about and then and then you know living living them <clears throat> to actually living it yeah. is another is another thing altogether yeah but, and also like that perspective you know 40 in my head it still sounds kind of mm. and but I still feel so young you know? I know <laughs> I like, know oh. and thinking about like one 18 year old looking up at me sees old but I feel yeah. I feel young so it's, yeah it's I know it is it is such it, it is a real trip um and yeah like like we were just saying just to feel strong within yourself to still feel sensual or sexual or to have all these ideas and passions and things that you want to mm. do and create and then go and then look at the number and be like oh my god I'm like 15 minutes away from turning 50 like that's <laughs> antique <laughs> but it, it it really doesn't it doesn't feel like that and it doesn't have to be like maybe it was when we looked at oh my, I don't know maybe because I have been thinking a lot about you know different people in my family at at key ages and thinking okay so you know that favorite auntie at that age was 50 and I'm thinking like looking back in my child brain looking thinking okay Mm. she was she was a properly old person at that point but no 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 it's still a a real human with real real needs and desires and feelings yeah (laughs) yeah I remember when I was 17, I got a um, tattoo on my toe and the mm-hmm. tattoo artist said that toes, you're at the risk of having <clears> a tattoo sort of bleeding and, and being a bit fuzzy around the edges. And I remember thinking, and it, he said about 15 years, and I remember thinking, oh, 15 years, I'll be like 30-something. So I'll be like old and married and it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, I'm going to be <laughs> ugly and unattractive anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> tattoo me up. <laughs> I'll be wearing big old clothes by yeah. then and nobody will see my toe ever again. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we finish our conversation, I am just wondering how um, how you work with your clients around supporting them with us. I know obviously as a acupuncturist, but I'd love to hear if you how, how what that yeah. process looks like, if you have um, other programs or anything? Um, I am slowly but surely creating a group program because I think it's so important for other women to come together and share their own mm, stories yes. as well as getting care so that that is happening. Um, and then other online health coaching as well. So there's, I, I, there's a lot that we can take and do and treatment obviously is always a beautiful, fun, mm. relaxing thing. But so much of this transition we have a lot of control over in regards to our lifestyle choices and mm. our mental health and how we're dealing with all the different things that we're feeling. So that can definitely happen over Zoom or Skype or the phone or wherever. Mm, yeah. Amazing. And so if people would like to hear more about you and hear your fun stories. They can find me talking about things unvagina related on Instagram. Um, and then I've written, I've written all my like wild stories that aren't wild stories at all, but um, on Substack actually. But yeah, so my website is kerrykrieger.com, uh, kerrykrieger on Instagram. And um, my Substack is actually called uh, You're Not Going Crazy because that's the one phrase that I hear from women and have heard from women so often mm. that they you, you feel like you're going crazy, whether it's brain fog or exhaustion or all of the things 
Yeah. Can you talk about Substack? Because I've given mm. like a bit of a it before and now you've brought it up again. So I, I, I'm very new to Substack, mm. but I never really stopped loving the long form blog writing. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit of a long form writer generally, and I wanted a way to have really beautiful oh. connected conversations that weren't necessarily in my newsletter because mm. a lot of, I don't know, I wanted that that sense that people could, you know, comment and, mm. and yeah, possibly like mm. blogs once were back in, back in the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just exploring and experimenting what that looks like to write a little more regularly mm. and pop things that maybe my newsletter people don't necessarily want to hear about my vagina, mm. you know. <laughs> um, and also to connect with a kind of a broader age group audience yeah mm. so, so substack a, a paid <clears throat> a paid subscription uh no it? It, you can you can make it a paid sub or you can uh, have certain pieces or articles that um people have to pay currently i'm just writing for free but yeah there's there's definitely scope there to i'm contemplating some of the group work to do it through something like Great. substack as well because then you know, for five dollars a month or something, you could just pop in and and chat, you know, and read yeah. whatever I've written most recently on that particular topic. Exciting! Watch this anyway. Space. Yeah, it's fun, and you know, I just like to create. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> thank you so much, Miriam. Really takeaway. <laughs> that you know everyone's been a little bit enlightened on the topic and you know it's piqued their interest to maybe explore for themselves yeah and for it to not be a fearful thing and if you don't like the term make up your own term you know oh yes good idea (laughs) yeah yeah let's just change change the association with Mm. menopause Mm. yeah yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much. Enchantress Maria. season. Yeah. I'm going to be yeah. entering. Yes. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for your time. Really thank grateful. Thank you, Mary. And look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks so much, Mary. Thank Same. you. Bye. See ya. Thank you for journeying with us today. We trust you received the wisdom shared in this episode. If you felt the resonance of the conversation and think it will support other people, please subscribe, share this episode and leave a review. Importantly, before we go, we'd like to acknowledge country and the Bundjalung Nation that we are recording this podcast on. We have so much gratitude for the abundant land we live upon that nourishes and heals us and we hold deep reverence for the First Nations people that care for our country and for the wisdom they keep. May we be open to continue to learn and grow.